Hello and welcome to The Download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it is Stewsdays, everyone's favorite day. But this time, it's Stewsdays on sale because we've seen some pretty remarkable market activity over the last couple of weeks. And one of the things that we often talk about in the investment industry uh, is it's the one industry that when you take something and you mark it down 10%, people run away uh, from, from buying. In every other business, when you, when you start a sale, that's when people come to buy more. And it really sets up uh, and, and, and gets to the emotion that people feel around investing, the emotional feeling as things start to go down after they've gone up for such a long time. And Stu, we, we've, uh, what we often see is investors, they, they, they want to do something. The, the, the market's dropping and they feel like they need to do something. What, what, is there anything that people should be thinking about doing right now, given the volatility and the downside volatility that we've seen over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, well, it's a great, it's a great question, Dave. Um, you know, when, when markets go down, uh, it can be a bit more of an emotional time. Uh, when they're going up, it's equally as emotional, but we don't think about it as much. And, um, you know, this kind of notion over, you know, the long haul of being an investor that you're going to experience uh, all sorts of circumstances, both positive and negative, uh, you know, in, in that kind of period of stress, just because of the way markets work, they tend to go up. Uh, they tend to go up uh, slowly. And then when they do correct, it tends to happen quite quickly, you know, largely because of the way, you know, the marginal investor or kind of the investor, um, you know, might use leverage, you know, so when you get a decline, it can, it can quicken the pace of it. Um, you know, a sentiment change, uh, you know, can cause that kind of uh, a vanish of liquidity in the very short term, uh, you know, one of my favorite lines is, uh, you know, liquidity is a coward at the first sign of trouble, it disappears. Um, so you get this kind of bigger price change yeah. in a hurry than you do uh, on the way up. And it causes this emotional response. It asks people to, you know, kind of question the reason that they might be invested. And, um, you know, so, you know, should investors do something? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a great question to have with your advisor. Uh, you know, I know, you know, myself, I, I did put a little bit of money to work as I try and do when things are weak. Uh, it's always a question as to as to how far down they might go. Um, I try and think about the longer term thesis uh, that we have when we're investors. But uh, there can be other people, too, where, you know, the volatility, you know, makes them question the level of risk they're taking. And, and maybe a small adjustment is still appropriate for them as well. It's a, it's a very personal decision, a, a great reason to have a discussion with your advisor. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those times where your risk tolerance is actually tested in, in a real life situation. So when, when you set up your portfolio and you decide, hey, I'm a balanced investor. So, you know, roughly 50% uh, stocks, 50% bonds. And, and you, you go through with an advisor, might ask you a few additional questions, show you some examples to say, you know, how comfortable are you going to be with that? And, you know, you're in a nice, comfortable setting. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Things are pretty good. And and you, you go, no, 50-50 seems right. And then all of a sudden you have a correction like this that we've had over the last week. That in real life, your, your, your real attitude towards risk is demonstrated. So if you've had a portfolio, and, and maybe you had even not rebalanced your portfolio after the strong run of stocks versus bonds over the last few years, 
that it's a great time to go back and have that discussion and really think about the, having the right level of risk in your portfolio. And then the other one, Stu, that uh, I know uh, for people who listen to this podcast uh, regularly over the last couple of years, it's kind of like when my mom used to tell me to brush my teeth and wash my hands all the time and floss, dollar cost averaging, because we never stop talking about that, right? And, and the value there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, one of my uh, one of my favorite activities is dollar cost averaging in a variety of different accounts. Um, you know, I think you know why dollar cost averaging is is you know when I when I buy a stock or when I buy an asset, I'm buying a set of assumptions about the future. So, you know, today when I sit down and I buy the stock market, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we can improve on returns through some active management. But generally speaking. I'm I'm attaching myself to the long-term earnings growth of a set of businesses. Yeah. And um you know during those periods of volatility I think a lot about the businesses we own, not the share prices on the screen. Um you know I think about their ability to grow their earnings say 6-7% over a very long period of time which you know has been the case. And then I think about the valuation that I'm paying for them uh in particular relative to interest rates. And, uh, you know, so if I'm going to make a very large commitment, I think about those three things a lot, right, when I make that commitment. Uh, you know, for long-term savings, uh, you know, I just get to average into those assumptions by buying every two weeks. And that's the great thing about dollar cost averaging. Uh, and during periods like this, you're buying more units or more shares or what it might be as you dollar cost average your way you're in. And, uh, you know, you're you're really kind of getting that, uh, that long-term outcome uh, that... Um, that is really provided by the earnings growth of what you own over a very long period of time in a very regular manner. Yeah, yeah. and the, the other thing I like about it, and, and, and hopefully it, one of the things that we've highlighted, again, for people who've regularly listened to the podcast, uh, is, is what we're trying to highlight is the way that professional investment managers think. And, and I hope with Stu and some of the other guests that we've had on the podcast over the years, that you see the discipline that they have in place. There's a reason for everything they do. There's a process that they follow. They follow it consistently. What dollar cost averaging does is when the market was dropping like a rock on, on Monday, on uh, January 24th, just to be precise for those listening later, you know, the market opens the Dow in, in the U.S. is down a thousand points you might be afraid to make that purchase. You might run away if you were making an individual purchase. If you have a regular buying uh, program in place, a dollar cost averaging program, you're in buying on that day when it feels awful, but the discipline suggests that that's when you, should, that, that that's when you buy. And as Stu says, over the long haul, the value of a stock is going to reflect the actual business. In the short term, it often reflects some kind of emotion that's taking place out in the market. Yeah, like I saw a great line yesterday, which was, you know, don't let price determine the narrative of what uh, of what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, when things are good, you know, the narrative tends to focus on all the things that are good and could get better. And when things are negative, the narrative tends to focus on what is now bad and what could get worse. And, you know, the reality is to both of those uh, types of environments, uh, you know, there's things that come along and you might take a little bit of the cream off during the really good periods of time. And during the bad periods of time, there's all sorts of other actions that are going on on your behalf to help, uh, you know, bring some of that to an end. So, you know, the thing that, um, you know, dollar cost averaging a financial plan does is it allows you to kind of control the narrative in your head 
uh, relative to the financial objectives that you have, which, uh, you know, to me is, uh, you know, half the battle when it comes to investing. And, and, and just one last thing to, to close up, Stu, because uh, I, I, I know this is another element of the discipline that you apply to the way that you invest money. And, and if we look at what's been happening in the market and, and really this, some of the frothy areas of the market have been weak for almost a year now. This is not just something that's happened over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and, you know, we could say that some of those, some of the pullbacks in those stocks is, is, is justified because of the very nature of, of the valuations that those companies had reached. And what was really there is the underlying business potential, whether it was one year out or 20 years out. And, and you said an interesting thing just around the portfolios you manage in terms of, of your exposure in, in those areas of the market. Yeah, well, it's just, it's just not an area that we've had uh, really any exposure to. And, um, you know, I think, I think it, it just goes back to what we just talked about. Like, as an investor, you want to always ask yourself, what is required for my investment to be a success? You know, there's, it's one thing to forecast the future. It's another thing to say, what is required for my investment to be a success? And, you know, what's required is revenue growth, earnings growth, stable margins, and a reasonable valuation when all of that presents itself. And, um, you know, we, you know, you have all sorts of people on your podcast, but, you know, yesterday uh, when our investment committee met, we were talking about uh, the economic uh, growth that might present itself this year. And even with some uh, tightenings from the Federal Reserve, even with some balance sheet shrinkage from the Federal Reserve, you know, you're still talking probably three to three and a half percent economic growth. Inflation, maybe it'll be in the, you know, three to three and a half percent range this year. So you're talking about nominal growth for the economy around seven percent. So if I have a business that the revenue growth is in that neighborhood, I'm saying, well, it's going to grow with the economy. If I need, uh, you know, five times that growth for success, then you're saying, well, this business must be really special. And how long does that growth have to stay with us in order for that stock to be successful? And, uh, and no doubt there will be some very strong growth companies. But um, you know, we're always trying to take the business that we own and say, OK, if we own it for a long period of time, how could its revenue grow? What type of margins could it have? What type of earnings could it produce? What kind of valuation could it trade at? And how does that compare to today? And if the return is, uh, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten percent good dividend with dividend growth, uh, you know, that's going to get the job done when it comes to uh, a long term financial plan. Stu, some uh, some some great stuff today. Uh, again, just uh, w whenever this is happening and emotions come in, always go good to get back to you know, why am I investing to begin with? What is my true risk tolerance? What am I trying to accomplish? What's the right thing to do? over the long haul, not just focused on the emotion of today. So uh, so really good uh, reset of some of the, the basic principles and disciplines of investing. And that's why people flock to Stu's days for that kind of wisdom. <laughs> you got it, Dave. And, and, and you, 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 uh, you only get the audio version for those that can see the video. Uh, just like the S&P 500, I'm down 7% this year as well. Oh. My diet's working. So, uh, <laughs> so we'll... we'll uh, I, I hope I don't uh, track with the market and get leaner. This, this is probably all I need. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for having me as always and uh, catch up next week. Super. Thanks, Stu. Thanks, Dave. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. 
you should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.